0: Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine. We hope you'll learn and sip along with us, too. Everyone and welcome back to Wines We Drink, the podcast where we drink a different wine each week and talk about it for our audience of wine learners and lovers. As always, I'm joined today with my co-host Keith Herndon, the epitome of a wine lover. Oh
1: well, thank you, Charlotte. It's uh, great to be joining you on this uh, fun summer of wine we're having. Oh, yes. Uh, You're right. I am that quintessential wine lover who has spent years and years trying to determine what this stuff is all about.
0: (laughs) Well, it's hard to believe that we're already at episode number eight and what we've been calling our case of 12 episodes this summer. And last week, we really got into what summer wine is all about with an excellent rose. And if you missed that wonderful conversation, you can find it and all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Last week was a great wine for summer, and I understood. And that we're staying within that mindset again this week Keith so what are we drinking today
1: well after that very delicious uh, bottle of Picnic Grenache Rose last week I really wasn't ready to move on from the summer staples just yet so so this week we're going to enjoy a nice bottle of Pinot Grigio from Italy uh, this wine is also a great wine for summer sipping on the patio with friends in fact I love how the writers at Vine Pair describe Pinot Grigio. They call it a zesty white wine that is refreshing as a cold glass of lemonade on a hot summer's day.
0: Wow, well this sounds fantastic. And I'm looking forward to drinking another refreshing wine that's so suited for these hot July days. Uh, but before we get started I have to ask, what's the difference between Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris?
1: Oh, that, that There really isn't any difference in the grape varietal itself. Uh, this white grape is mostly known in Italy as Pinot Grigio and in France as Pinot Gris. And everywhere else in the world, I think it's a matter of preference on what it's called. You'll find Pinot Grigio throughout California, and Pinot Gris is the most popular name for it in Oregon, but it's really the same grape.
0: Oh, okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Hosting this podcast uh, certainly has taught me that there is usually a simple explanation for things that can be confusing when it comes to wine.
1: Well, as we said at the very beginning of this podcast, there are things and people in the the wine world that we can only describe as pretentious. (laughs) But one of the things we want to accomplish when talking about wines on this podcast is to make wine accessible. You know, we featured expensive bottles and bottles that are not at all expensive. I think we've demonstrated that there can be something for everyone in the world of wine, which is why I wanted to feature a selection of Pinot Grigio today.
0: Well, I'm curious. Why did you decide to put it in that context? Is there some sort of controversy around Pinot Grigio?
1: Well, I don't know that I would categorize it as a controversy necessarily, but let's put it this way. There are wine connoisseurs who can be quite dismissive of Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris wine. Uh, the article I mentioned from VinePair was really blunt about this. The article stated Pinot Grigio has its haters among wine snobs who claim the wine is too simple and uninteresting. But but you know I, I think you can find you know, bad examples of all sorts of wines. You know, to me, that's certainly the case with some of the mass-produced Chardonnays that taste like you're licking an oat barrel, <laughs> right? You know, so, so Pinot Grigio is one of those varietals that, that's made in a lot of places and in some cases in mass quantities, and in those types of production, the wonderful character you get from this grape is just not there. Mm. So if any of our listeners have that impression of Pinot Grigio, I'm hoping that today's episode will encourage you to give it another try. You know, seek out a well-made, well-crafted bottle like the one we're going to drink today, and you'll see that it's anything but simple and uninteresting.
0: Well, that's some wonderful context to have about Pinot Grigio. So which bottle are we drinking today?
1: Charlotte, we're drinking a bottle from the Alto Adige region of Italy, where they have turned wine from Pinot Grigio grapes into an art form. We are opening a bottle of 2019 Tiefenbrunner. Just like last week's wine, this one is also ranked in the top 7% of all wines in the world on the Vivino app, and it's been awarded 91 points in a Wine Enthusiast Magazine review.
0: Wow, well, I'm continuing to be spoiled. It seems like you've mined another gem for us.
1: Well, on this case, full credit goes to my wife, Yvonne, for this discovery. She found it on a wine list several years ago at one of our Atlanta Dining Adventures. Uh, we fell for it at the first glass, and we've been enjoying it for years. I must say that it just keeps getting better and better and better with each new vintage.
0: Wow. Well, cheers to you, Yvonne, and let's go ahead and get started. Please pour us a couple of glasses, if you don't mind. Sure.
1: Sure. This one has a screw top, um, and I'm going to pour a couple of glasses for us.
0: Wow. I mean, it's... it's just a beautiful yellow color. I mean it's really more yellow than than I would describe as a golden color and it's really translucent too.
1: I think the way uh, the wine descriptor for this is they call it straw yellow
0: straw yellow okay <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's a so great a, phrase' where they're just like a, a, a just kind of a straw color mm-hmm, right? like a pale but it is uh, um, uh, in some in some ways when the light shines through it, uh, you can almost get uh, a complete clarity. Right. I mean, there's nothing really. Oh, you know. There's there's nothing blocking the sunlight or the light from passing through one side of the glass to the other with this wine. Um, you know. There's a, a, a there's an old saying uh, about wine and and uh, and uh, it's capturing the sun. Mm. I think I think when you look at this color and you see the light passing through the glass you really do see the Pinot Grigio kind of capturing the sunlight. In this wow!
0: Case. Well, that sets up a great summer beverage. <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, take a swirl and then smell. Mm.
0: Wow. This is very interesting just by the smell alone. I haven't tasted it yet.
1: have a nice, I uh, have a nice, well, tell me what you before you taste before you taste. Tell me what what aromas are you capturing in this glass?
0: Oh, it's it's so hard to place. I mean, immediately it's it's a very bright smell. It's not anything you know. It's very refreshing, similar to the rosé and how bright and refreshing it smells. But there's something. I mean, there's some very interesting depth going on there, and I am getting a little bit of. Um, I don't even want to say fruit it's more like a condensed fruit <laughs> <laughs> smell
1: but I'll okay. taste it and see if okay, I can give for you some it. specifics go for it
0: oh wow that is I mean unlike anything we've tasted up until this point in our case here um I mean it's just beautiful it it's again another great sippable summer wine there's some acidity right there at the front um whenever you sip it but then you're really met with again I guess condensed fruit and dare I say I don't know it reminds me of um Uh, my grandmother is really into pears and preserving pears and (laughs) I don't know. And so this just takes me to a moment of like peeling pears on her back uh, porch, maybe during the summer.
1: I I really believe this is a wine that brings out those tree fruit flavors. Yeah. You know, you're really on point with pear. I think there's some apple there, some, you know, some green apple. Right. You know, really notes of that. Um, You mentioned the acidity, this acid, you know, there's some definite citrus, you know notes there, um, you know it's it's a it's a it's a really wonderful wonderful um, uh, wine with the tree fruit uh, flavors coming through, but it's interesting. I get some of the secondary flavors that that we most associate with a Sauvignon Blanc mm. as opposed to a Pinot Grigio, and that would be this kind of a grassy, a grassy yes. kind of taste. You know it's this it's this very fresh almost meadow grass, mm-hmm. you know, notes that you get, mm-hmm. right, from, from, this, uh, from this wine.
0: No, I mean, I think that that's uh, exactly the type of description I was looking for. I can immediately smell and taste something that feels just more grounded. I mean, that was really the only the only phrase that was coming to my mind. And, yeah, I mean, that would totally make sense. We're mentioning, you know, tree fruits and grass, all things that are very grounded in the earth uh, symbolically. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, more to it than just the fruits that are grown on the trees. It's also uh, – the whole enchilada, if right, you will.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, I've, I've been drinking this wine for years, and, and I've read a lot of reviews about it and, and different things. And and I've had, I've seen some people refer to this. We referred to it earlier as kind of a straw
0: mm-hmm. yellow.
1: And I think that's the way they officially talk about it in their official like tasting notes that the winemaker put together. But I've also heard people refer to this as sandy colored wine. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, beet sand.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. And this would be excellent to drink on the beach right now.
1: So, you know, so every time I think of Tiffenbrunner and I think of sandy colored wine, I'm immediately transported to a nice white sandy beach somewhere.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm already I'm already there. I'm there with you.
1: So. So. I don't believe that the acid overpowers this. I think it's. It's a very, it's a very fine, you know, finish. Um, I I like to think of the acidity in this wine as the citrus that we're tasting. And it just sets up those pear and apple notes that you, you know, you caught the pear Mm -hmm. notes right off the bat. Um, You know, and then that little bit of that Sauvignon type that Sauvignon Blanc type uh, like grass. I think that mm-hmm. all of that just works together in a very, very summer-friendly wine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, it's very sippable, as I mentioned, and so it offers a nice, subtle uh, cut from the acidity at the beginning, and then it just sort of gently rolls down your throat after that, and maybe that's the grass coming through. I mean, it's 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 very balanced tasting.
1: Right. I, you know, as I noted earlier, you know, this wine got a great score from Wine Enthusiast Magazine, which is one of my favorite magazines. Uh, it named the 2019 vintage, the one that we're drinking, as one of its editor's choice wines. In, in that issue, Wine Enthusiast dismissed a lot of that snobbery <laughs> related to Pinot Grigio that I mentioned earlier. It said, Pinot Grigio continues to provide the backbone for fresh, accessible quality wines at consistently affordable price points. And that is the wine that we're drinking today. And it certainly fits that description.
0: Wow, well, I agree with everything that that wine enthusiast has said. I mean, it's a deliciously fresh tasting wine. And you mentioned um, accessible and affordable price points. So what is the price point for this one?
1: I, I think you'll find this to be another one of the exceptional values that we've talked about this summer. Uh, This wine is easy to find for under $20 a bottle. You should be able to find it at retail for $15 to $16 a bottle. This is one of these wines that's widely distributed in the United States. You can find it at a lot of different package stores and supermarkets. This one is not one that you have to buy through a wine club or you know order online, although it's available through online purchasing. But I think you'll be able to find this one at a wide number of retail outlets.
0: Wow! I mean, that's great news, and it's an approachable price. It's an approachable wine. I mean, it would be great for entertaining.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those summer sippers uh, that I like to talk about. It's only twelve and a half percent alcohol by volume. So it's not going to overpower you at the summer pool party <laughs> great
0: well and speaking of parties i mean how would you pair this wine uh with food for your guests
1: well i think this is a natural uh for shellfish mm. um so in our neck of the woods a glass of tiffenbrunner and a bucket of cold pill and eat shrimp is a great combination you know so staying in that shellfish category this would go great with crab cakes and i know you're from the savannah area so you know uh, i also would say this is uh, a a wonderful brunch wine and and i would pair this with a variety of egg dishes but particularly eggs benedict uh you know it would go really nice with that hollandaise sauce Mm -hmm. that you use with an eggs benedict and for a cheese pairing uh man Pair this with some Asiago cheese, and you are on patio heaven.
0: (laughs) Wow, I mean, that sounds great, and especially coming from this low country gal. I'm thinking crab cakes, and Pinot Grigio will be on the meal agenda very soon. So we're going to take a short break, but back momentarily to wrap up this episode with our wine word feature. This week's word is points. We'll be right back. Okay, everyone, welcome back to today's episode. Our wine word this week is points. So, Keith, are you talking about those scorecards we see on the wine shelves? Please explain.
1: Yes, exactly. You'll see these little cards that tell you this wine scored 91 points at Wine Enthusiast, which I mentioned earlier regarding the Tiffin Bruner that we were drinking today. There are a lot of different wine critics and wine reviewers out there scoring wines. Wine Enthusiast magazine is one. But there are many others, including Wine Spectator and some individuals with name recognition, such as Robert Parker and James Suckling. This is not an exhaustive list by any stretch, but but you get the gist. Most of these scoring systems are based on blind tastings and use a 100 point scale. You know, being a professor, as you know, I tend to think of this as grading a wine, (laughs) right? If you see a score at 90 or above, In my world, you've got a wine that graded an A. A score in the 80s is typically indicative of an above-average wine or a B. You know, let's face it, you're not going to see many wines out there touting a score, you know, lower than a mid-80, right? Who would want to buy, um, you know, a D-minus wine, right? (laughs) So in the case of wine enthusiasts, for example, they don't even issue a score or review a wine that scores below 80. So from a consumer's perspective, I think these point systems can help guide you to a bottle of good wine, especially one that has picked up high scores for more than one reviewer, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the critics say about wine. If you like a wine, then drink the wine you like.
0: <laughs> well, that's a great explanation and great advice too. I mean, at the Wines We Drink podcast, we're all about drinking the wines we like.
1: Yes, I say this every episode, but the wines we drink in this show are the wines I select because I drink them, or we know someone very close to us who does drink them. You know, we're not part of any affiliate marketing programs. We're talking about these wines because we like them. Well, for next week's show, it's because Charlotte's dad likes
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's right. Next week, we're returning to the red category, and we'll be drinking my dad's go-to Merlot. He's a Merlot guy
1: full transparency here. I've already sampled it based on his recommendations and we're in for a treat.
0: Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to trying it too. And that's a wrap for this week for now. Uh, Looking forward to having you back with us next week. Thanks everyone.
1: Thanks Charlotte. Thanks
0: for listening to Wines We Drink listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be the first to listen to future episodes and follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers.